Your sensors are correct. Do not adjust your heading. Your heading. You've discovered the Omega Particle. Streaming to the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. 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 Here's your host. The anchorman of the Federation. The doctor of Dilithium. This is Jonathan Wiegand. Welcome to the Omega Particle. I am your gracious and no longer quarantine host, Jonathan Wiegand. But give it a few days. I've heard our governor might enact another mandatory quarantine, so we might be still going on in this 2020 craziness. But anyway, welcome to the program. I'm happy to be here. And yes, it has been quite some time since we uh, put out a new episode. And honestly, I will say one thing about that freelancing. If you ever want to know anything about freelancing, please let me know. Had a couple new clients sign on and it was just absolutely hectic, but it's great because it's a great way to um, increase your disposable income. I even thought about creating a completely separate podcast only on freelancing, how to do it, where to go, the mistakes, but Star Trek is my love and always will be my first love when it comes to the podcasting forum. (laughs) Anyway, Um, Again, just want to welcome you guys, and it's so good to be back, and especially in today's episode, this has been a quandary for me ever since I first got introduced to Deep Space Nine way, 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 way back, probably like 2012, 2013, when I first started getting into Star Trek, and I always wondered, what happened to this guy? What happened to the great Avery Brooks? So... That has led a very long and windy road, not a very um, surprising end, but I'm very happy to finally deep dive into where in the world is Avery Brooks and will we ever see him in the Star Trek universe again? Now, if you don't know who Avery Brooks is, just by that name, he is the man who plays Benjamin Sisko on Deep Space Nine. And... I know I've said this multiple times. He is my favorite captain. And today we're going to track, just kind of deep dive into him, his background, but also where is he at? Is he still acting? Is he interested in coming back to Trek? And if he is interested in coming back to Trek, how will that look? And this all started probably a couple months ago because there were huge, huge rumors that Cisco was coming back, whether his own show or on Picard. Everyone got really excited, and then I was like, well, hold your horses. He's probably not going to do it, but there has been some developments. There has been a statement made by Brooks about this, and we will cover this on this episode. Do not worry. Let your heart not be troubled. (laughs) I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving um, here in the United States and abroad. So before we get into the meat of Avery Brooks, let's just cover some. Now, there's not a lot of news going on around now. Because it's just kind of getting winter and it's kind of in between like Star Trek is on this amazing run with Discovery. And yeah, so we're just kind of like everything's chumming along, but no real developments in movies. I feel like the cinema industry has kind of like stalled a little bit. I know my local theater is closed, sadly, um, until further notice. So no real developments in those movies. As for the, as for the TV shows, we did get a little bit today. Um, Evan Vagara has confirmed that season two of Picard will start filming and production in January, 2021. So next month. So that's exciting. So they are planning to bring back 
season two of Picard and bring it back relatively soon. I know it's been delayed because of COVID restrictions and things like that. So I'm glad they're kind of like, all right, let's start the ball, get it rolling under the new way of life right now, the worldwide pandemic, you know? I, I think his character's name is Elnor. Is that right, Luna? It's Elnor, yeah. And he plays Elnor in Picard, and he has actually come out and said he would love to have Worf on and, and spar with Worf and, and love to see Jordy interact with Jordy. But, and that's kind of what you don't want. You don't want this kind of revolving door where it's just, who's going to be on this week? Special guest, Scooby Doo type of show. And I, I hope they don't do that with Picard. Hopefully it's a one time thing. But we are going to talk about that and how it might pertain to Cisco later on and hopefully how they will use Cisco. And if you don't know the history between Picard and Cisco, we'll definitely get into that because that is some interesting juiciness that they should flesh out and really develop and make Picard some more well-rounded show, in my opinion. But moving on to our other piece of news today. Yes, as you probably remember... <laughs> maybe not remember so long ago, there is a Voyager documentary being made right now. And it is the 25th anniversary of Voyager in 2020. So this documentary is coming out and it's going to kind of be in the same vein as what we left behind, but it's not going to have the same feel. (laughs) They've already come out and said that it's going to be a little bit different. The actors are different. The shows are different. AKA I expect a good 30 to 40 minutes just about the drama behind set between Jerry Ryan, Kate Mulgrew. They, I think it was just announced literally hours ago, breaking news on OPP, that it will be released sometime in 2021. Uh, as I was doing my research and show prep, there was literally no word. So it just had, came through the came through the wire maybe 30 minutes ago. And so that's exciting. That So maybe early 2021, we will get some good Voyager documentary and also hopefully season two of Picard in maybe fall of 2021. Anyway, let's move on to the meat of the episode and really get into where in the world is Avery Brooks? So we're going to start off this whole segment on Avery Brooks. And and this is, I mean, this is really something that I've enjoyed. I talked to my wife about this subject. She's like, that's a very specific subject. But let me explain my reasoning. Because so far, all of the other captains are really kind of taken up for it. And we know about, like, okay, William Shatner, he's kind of old. He's going around just doing Shatner stuff, whether it's commercials or sometimes he does, like, documentaries. And I think he has a show on Travel Channel. And Scott Bakula, he's just one of the NCIS's. <laughs> Not that mainly known for a captain role, if you know what I mean. Kate Mulgrew, she's out and about in the convention circuit, and now she's doing Nick, um, the Nickelodeon show Star Trek Prodigy. And of course, Patrick Stewart is doing Picard, and, and he's living his life and doing Uber Eats commercials with Mark Hamill. <laughs> we will talk about that and the show's wrap, because that led on to a huge new series I want to get into. But that's just a little hint right there. Okay, so we have Scott Bakula, Kate Mongrew, Sir Patrick Stewart, we have William Shatner, and we have Avery Brooks. Now, I think it's a fun topic to go into because that's something, again, I have personally Googled multiple times and wanted to know because he's my favorite captain. So I figured if this lifelong Trekkie will want to know, I'm sure the lovely audience of OPP will want to know as well. So before we get into any of that, 
let's do a little fun fact. And Avery Brooks actually came on to television through his show and actually got super famous because of it called Spencer for Hire. And he played Hawk in it. It ran from 1985 to 1988. And I really, I mean, I wasn't born, so I don't know the popularity of the show, but apparently as such great retention they're actually rebooting the series i think on netflix the funny thing is is that in the show if you've ever seen promos for it it's avery brooks but he has a bald head and a goatee just like captain cisco so when he won the role on ds9 it was in his contract he was not allowed to have a shaved head or a goatee because what the producers at paramount and management at paramount said we do not want hawk in space we want a completely separate character and to make that divide. And that makes sense because a lot of times you see that with famous people, especially what comes to mind is the, is the three Harry Potter kids like Emma Watson cut her hair, Daniel Radcliffe went naked on uh, Broadway, and, and Rupert Grant, I think, just, I don't know what he did. I think he just went nuts and bought an ice cream truck. <laughs> Either way, is that they all did something to kind of differentiate themselves from their old roles, and that's what they were doing with him. But... As you well know, in season four, he was actually like somehow negotiated it back. He was allowed to shave his head and bring back the goatee. So, and to me, that's like peak Cisco. Like I know DS9 is hitting its stride when you get goatee Cisco coming out. <laughs> anyway, um, so that to me was just a little fun fact. Because again, you wouldn't think about it. You'd just be watching the show and be like, oh, okay, this decided to change it for some reason. But no, it was a whole thing. And he lobbied for it for years and it finally went through for season four. So before we get into where he is now, let's get into a little bit like where he came from. Now, he was born in Indiana. He grew up in Gary, which is also the city of Michael Jackson. But he was always kind of surrounded with music. His mother was a choral conductor and a music instructor. And his dad, while worked a normal job too, I think as a some type of union leader, his dad was also in a choir and, and a performer as well. And you can definitely see that in the later seasons when they get into Vic Fontaine's club is that when you hear him sing and you see it, it's not awkward. It's like, oh, okay, this cat's been here before. So he, he definitely grew up in kind of a an area of music. So that was great. You know, I mean, my mother was the same way. She was leading the church choir and she tried to teach me p- piano and I was terrible at it because I couldn't cup my hands right. And either way, it was just... A disaster. And so I try to pick up playing piano, but it's just not for me. I was more of a saxophone guy. Saxophone. <laughs> the Simpsons reference right there. But he eventually got out of Gary, Indiana, and he went to Rutgers University, which, believe it or not, he was the first African-American to earn an MFA from the Rutgers school. And MFA is Master of Fine Arts. I think he got it in acting and directing. So, and that plays a huge proponent in his life. So we'll see that he has this long relationship with Rutgers and they eventually will continue on that relationship. We'll get into that later. As he's leaving Rutgers, he goes into Hollywood, has a one-man show on a civil rights leader, which, so he has got some acting, he's got some singing chops. He's not just some run-of-the-mill kind of actor. Like He knows his stuff. And the funny thing about Star Trek is the best captains are always classically trained. If you look at Picard, if you look at Shatner, if you look at Brooks, they're all classically trained and they're all magnificent. I think even Mulgrew was a little bit too. It, I love how it has that deeper, more poetic and intellectual 
behind the role. It's not just gangbang cowboy diplomacy. There's some there's a deeper level to how the these people have portrayed and come to the captain. So I enjoy that. But while he was on DS9, he actually directed nine episodes. And the most famous of those episodes are is the groundbreaking season six episode Far Beyond the Stars. Now, if you haven't watched any DS9, if you're completely new to Star Trek, I highly recommend you going to season six, Far Beyond the Stars, watching it. It's a it's a great sci-fi episode. Definitely top ten episodes of all time of Star Trek. It's not really what you think it is, but just hold on. It's amazing. It speaks to a lot of great themes that we're definitely still dealing with today. Racial injustice, profiling, sexism. So it's really great. Check it out. Highly recommend it. So he he did act, but he also still directed. But the funny thing is, and, and as I was doing my show prep, in 2002, he actually was doing an interview and he released and broke the news that he actually wanted to get out of DS9. He didn't like it. He was away from his kids too much and the TV schedule was just a lot. And he kind of wanted just to break away from that, which I thought was awesome because he wants to be a good dad. And I think that's critical into understanding who he is and his motivations for kind of staying out of the limelight, as we'll see, is that he wants to be home. He wants to be a good dad. And and actually, the reason why he decided to stay on DS9, who's having a conversation with with his son, and his son actually challenged him and said, Dad, you always told me to keep my word and to never break my promises, never break my contract. So he actually stayed on DS9 because of that conversation with his son. So it's it's kind of funny, but you kind of see this pattern developing already in Brooks's life, what he, what he cares about the most. And I respect that more than anything from individuals that family's super important and he's going to put that first before anything else. So on June 2nd, 1999, we see the final episode of DS9 Air. And ever since then, I haven't really heard from Brooks that much. He's kind of been a mystery, don't really know what's going on, kind of tough to follow. And and what I can just show from the bullet points is that he occasionally acted. And that was in a, I think it was a film. Did he, did he direct Luna? Yeah, he directed it um, called 15 Minutes. So he, yeah, he's, he's starring in a little bit of films. Most notably, American History X. And if you haven't seen that movie, again, highly recommend it. Again, has great overarching themes and stories that need to be told today, more so than ever. Definitely check out American History X. It's a little, it's it's not for the faint of heart, just <laughs> warning there in OPP. Not a family-friendly movie for the kids to watch, but definitely check it out. He's in it, as well as Jennifer Lean, who plays Kess. So I don't know if they talk about Trek like while they're hanging out at the food table, but they um, they were in the movie together after their years. Um, in Star Trek. He also, while starring in great movies like American History X and 15 Minutes, he also did an album called Here. And it's kind of like more spoken word poems with a little bit of blues, jazz influence in it. And we'll we'll play a clip of, of Here right now, right here. <laughs> Somebody I'm longing to see 
I hope that she turns out to be. So he's doing these great things. He's acting. He's dipping his toe in some things, but it's very specific projects. Now keep that in mind. Very specific projects in the themes and the stories they're trying to tell, specifically of on racial issues and injustice issues. Now he just flip it back the page a little bit. He did actually teach at Rutgers beginning in 1976, and he was on again, off again for a number of years teaching theater. And that's eventually what he goes back to. He goes back to Rutgers and he teach for a host of number of years. I mean, I think he just retired a few years ago. He's, I think he's 71, 72. So just because he stopped acting didn't mean he stopped working. And he did a lot of great projects and while still trying to teach in the background. Now, this is what kind of started me in this whole journey. So I watched his documentary back in the mid-2000s, I guess, 2014, 2015. It's called The Captains. And it's where William Shatner sits down and he interviews all the captains one by one. Now, if you've ever seen the Avery Brooks interview, it's very, um, what's the word? Unique. <laughs> He's kind of messing with Shatner. He's talking endlessly about these like jazz and this kind of confusing metaphors. And he's just not being, I don't think he's taking it serious. I think he's purposely messing with Shatner. So we're going to play a couple, a clip from the documentary, The Captains. Let's roll that, Luna. From God to you. Through. To me. What happens when you die? <laughs> Tell me. Wish I knew. <laughs> Do you have a thought? So it's, yeah, <laughs> best way to describe it. Um, not a lot. I, I don't think it's anything wrong with him. I'm just thinking. He just has to be messing with Shatner because um, I tried and I scoured. I think I looked for for like four hours. There's a YouTube video out there. It came. On, it became my white whale. Uh, looking for it's kind of this offhanded mic comment that Shatner gives Brooks, and they're kind of doing this convention and it has all the captains there, and everyone's talking and and standing up except Brooks and Shatner. And Shatner leans over on a hot mic and says to Brooks. Look, bro, you need to need to talk. You need to be kind of engaged a little bit. People paid a lot of money to come see you, and they want to hear you talk. So to me, he just doesn't like the limelight. I think, and you can even see that in DS9's documentary, What We Left Behind. He didn't even do an interview for it. He said, what I've said about Cisco is all that I need to say. It's done. I don't need to rehash anything. And so that was my initial reaction to this whole Picard thing is like, look, the guy won't even do a 10 minute interview for this documentary celebrating his potentially greatest career and achievement, you know? So I don't think he's going to come out of retirement even older, even more like introverted, coming back into the limelight and, and kind of going through all this again. I would love if he did that. That'd be amazing. 
but I just don't think that that's the case, you know? So this leads me to why I think he won't ever do a show show on strictly with Cisco, kind of like in the same vein they did Picard, but he might do a cameo. And recently he has come out and said he would cameo on Picard if they could hit again, the themes of racial injustice and injustice everywhere, kind of like his career through DS9 and after DS9 is that he wants to talk about these important subject matters. And I think if Picard does it right, they should bring him on. And now not only would it be great to bring him on because again, those issues would be addressed, but because if you remember Picard and Cisco have a very mm, tumultuous relationship. (laughs) Um, As we all know, Picard became Lacutus, was part of the Borg. The Borg used that technology for the Battle of Wolf 359, killed 11,000 people, took out half the fleet, and included in that 11,000 is Jennifer Sisko, Sisko's wife. There's some tension there because Sisko has the impression, look, bro, your information killed my wife. You're responsible for my wife's death. The logic is pretty airtight (laughs) and you could argue and go back and forth, but he has some ground to stand on. And especially coming from that place of loss and grief, totally understand. So bringing Picard back would be great because it would kind of almost be a refreshing take because so far all we've seen of the cameos are these lovey-dovey reunions, which are fine, which I love, and I eat it up like anybody else. (laughs) But we get these lovey-dovey reunions, but we don't get any like meat, subsidence, like, er, I'm mad at you <laughs> kind of things. So I would think it'd be really great to kind of bring back Cisco because it would have that whole element to it. Also, another whole element that I haven't even touched on is that bringing Cisco back would also talk and you could play with the themes of artificial life and what it means to be sentient. Now, Major spoilers for DS9 series finale coming up. As we know, the final episode, Cisco is appearing to fall to his death, but he's taken to the Celestial Temple. And he's in the Celestial Temple, and the prophets say, look, you have you have work that's not done yet. You have a lot of work that needs to be done, and you need to be here with us. And so that's where we leave Cisco. He's in the Celestial Temple at the end of DS9. So bringing Cisco back would be great a because it would be able to talk with Picard who's now robot Picard <laughs> so that would be great to talk to robot Picard and kind of get into the philosophical themes of what is what does it mean to be alive what does it mean to be sentient does it mean being in the celestial temple does it mean your soul and your and who you are put into a robot I don't know some great sci-fi themes I think that's some great stuff right there <laughs> that's worth the price of admission my friend And again, on top of all of what I've said before, it would also bring great ending to kind of that ambiguous ending of DS9. We're kind of just left with, okay, (laughs) it's not like any of the other series finale. So I would love them to wrap it up like a bow and really kind of just give us information on what the prophets wanted him to do and if he accomplished that and the story behind that. So I think it would be awesome to bring him back for the cameo for those reasons and if you bring up those injustice and those racial themes that brooks said he wants to address i think you can knock it out of the freaking park 
with Picard season two, which needs a knockout of the park. Because as we learned before in previous episodes, the ratings aren't that hot. Now, it's a high budget show and the ratings need to be there. So maybe this can help turn the tide, maybe get some award recognition. Because sometimes if the ratings aren't there, but the awards are there, they'll keep the show. We leave Avery Brooks. He's retired from teaching at Rutgers. He's interested in maybe possibly doing a cameo for Picard. But he's just happy living his life, doing what he loves to do make music, hang out with his family. And we'll wrap up today's episode with a quote from one of the producers of DS9. Ronald Moore said that Avery is a complex man, not demanding or ego-driven actor. Rather, he is thoughtful, intelligent, and unfailingly polite. <laughs> and a classy guy in all my dealings with him. So that's an amazing thing to have an executive producer say about you. So you get these big-headed actors and actresses. They get very diva-ish, so it's nice to know he's very down-to-earth, cared about his family, and he cared about talking about themes that are very relevant today. So that has been Where in the World is Avery Brooks on OPP. Again, thank you so much for listening. Love to be back. This has been a subject matter that's been on my top 10 episodes I've ever wanted to do. So thank you for indulging me. Um, it was great. And also, I'm happy to announce, and I'm sure a lot of my close friends are happy to hear this, we are doing a special Christmas kind of season um, present to all the OPP fans. Because I know you're just not fans of Trek alone. I know you like other things. Namely, Star Wars. Now, with the height of Mandalorian on Disney Plus, I thought it'd be a good idea to finally, finally start talking about Star Wars and Star Trek. Now, there was an old Uber Eats commercial, probably a couple weeks old, and this is the beginning of December in podcast land. It had Mark Hamill and Sir Patrick Stewart, and they're arguing and. On Twitter, the following day after this commercial premiered, everyone was talking about a Star Wars, Star Trek crossover. And I was talking to my good friend, Alan, and he's like, yeah, if you ever did a Star Wars episode, that'd be great. And I was like, do you know what? That's a good idea because kind of show why a crossover would be a disaster and why it shouldn't be done. Because fundamentally, two entirely different franchises, one's sci-fi, one's fantasy, and they're entirely different avenues on how they tell the hero's journey. Not going to go into it here, but that's a little sneak peek what's coming down the pike next week on OPP. But thank you so much, guys. If you ever want to reach out, you can hit us up on social media at Omega Particle Podcast on Instagram, at Omega Particle underscore on Twitter. Love to hear from you guys. Love talking with you guys. And always remember, second star to the right, straight on to more.